Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Do you compare yourself to successful people and then just end up feeling like crap? Do you hope that success will break you free from life's challenges? And what's it like for a guy who, from the outside, looks like he's at the top of his game? Philosopher and Entheo CEO Brian Johnson returns to discuss how he pulled his life out of a tailspin and why we need to keep an eye on our motivations. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with my buddy Brian Johnson, uh, philosopher and CEO of Entheos. Good to have you back. It's been too long. It has been too long. What's chat trip? <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> Let you go create another life, bring bring another soul onto the planet, or what? What's and, and build another company? Like, what's been happening? That's exactly right. Well, uh, we've welcomed a little guy into the world. Uh, went from single philosopher, Mary, well, she's not single, but married to uh, Alexandra, and welcomed Emerson into the world almost two years ago now, really excited about it. And after a few years philosophizing and a few years tinkering with Entheos, we're all in. So really excited. I love this whole tinkering thing because um, it just cracks me up when you talk about tinkering. <laughs> so we'll we'll get around that, get back to that in a minute. But I will set a little context here because... Um, you know, there's guys that I talk to, there's guys that I coach, there's guys that, you know, people that listen to this podcast that I, I hear this myth, I hear these assumptions that they'll say things like, they'll even talk about you in this way. They'll say, oh, go, a guy like Brian Johnson must have it all figured out. If he's reading all this stuff and he's writing about it, he must have, he, he doesn't have any questions anymore. He doesn't have a need to, or to find any help with dealing some kind of challenge. You know, some guy that's at the top of his game, at the top of the ladder doesn't doesn't have any challenges anymore, probably because you know he's he's in a different stratosphere at that point because he has so much knowledge and expertise and and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to I wanted to bring this myth, this assumption down to earth and 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 really take it take a good look at it because it's something that um, I think misdirected a lot of my life for a while. And, yep. uh, and so, but I'm just curious before we even get started, I mean, was there ever a time in your life where you were putting people on a pedestal and imagining that their 
there was something about their life that they were free from having, you know, free from just X, Y, Z, free from the, the problems and, and stuff that, that, that the rest of us have to deal with? Only a couple times yesterday. <laughs> Otherwise, now nah, it doesn't happen to me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> what, what, it, what, is it, what does it look like for you when, you, when you're kind of doing that projection thing, of putting somebody on the pedestal? And, well, that guy must have it figured out, or that guy, yeah, what's your version? Yeah, well, I think that the, the root of that, just to, to kind of unpack it a little bit, is that I should have it all figured out. And something's wrong with me, and that guy must have it all figured out. Oh, and yeah. for me, like, you know, of course, we all have the tendency to think that other people just kind of have it figured out and something's wrong with us. And, you know, when we get into that social comparison, anytime we get into comparison, it's just not a good idea. The only time we should be thinking about other people is to celebrate what they're awesome at and to see how that's just a reflection of something within ourselves. It might be a little, you know, kind of a seed version of that, but it's there. And if they can do it, we can do it. But when we start looking at other people and saying, oh, wow, that guy at this age did this and oh, shoot, you know, and he must have it all figured out because as you said, X, Y, and Z, we're in trouble. Before we go any further, we're already in trouble. So for me, it's been just eliminating all comparison. It just doesn't matter what anyone else has ever done who's alive, who's dead. It just doesn't matter. It does not serve me ever to think like that. And science backs that up. And then two, something shifted for me when I realized that the, the object of the game wasn't to ever try to be perfect. But that's insane. It's impossible. No one is perfect. And the people we admire have their own challenges. And even as you were describing, you know, they've made it to the top. There is no top. Just, there's no top of the ladder. That itself is a joke, you know? And the more that I evolve and it kind of spirals up, the more I, I experience similar things, but from a different level of consciousness. So whereas before, 15 years ago, it made me want to figure out how to end my life, literally, when I couldn't figure out this stuff. And then it spirals up where I'm, I'm facing a similar challenge, but it's from a higher level of consciousness. I'm no longer going to do that. Then it spirals up again and again and again and again. And I still have those issues, but now they're just little speed bumps and opportunities to just grow and crush it. And I've redefined that whole experience for myself, which we can talk about more, but I already said a ton. So I'll see if we're anywhere near where you want to go. Oh man, that is so valuable. I do want, I want to come back to that. You know what the problem that you may, or the challenge that, that arose for you back in the day that would have you want to end your life. And today it's, it's just in a different You It may still come up, but you, you approach it in a different way. It's still a challenge though. Um, Let's let let's talk about this idea of exoneration. You and I love a book called The Tools by uh, Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. If you're listening now, go go listen to that interview that I did with these guys. Phil Stutz is a riot, by the way. He's just one of the coolest <laughs> dudes on the planet. But there's this idea that that there there is a top of the ladder, that there is this place where we're done, and um, it's I think it's just one of the most corrosive, just awful ideas that we've got in our brain that there's, if I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing, it must be because I'm doing it wrong or something like yeah. that. How would you describe exoneration? Uh, well, I mean, basically the way that they describe it, me paraphrasing it is that you get to a point that, you know, you're done. You've, you've kind of, you've, you've loaded the secret bullet. You've taken the magic pill and you're done. You know, I don't need to work anymore. Right. And that, I love that word corrosive. It's horrific. It is absolutely corrosive. And what we want to do is reinterpret it completely where it never ends. And the more you push your edges, the bigger the challenges become. Yet as you do that, you become more capable of dealing with them. And did you just interview the rise of the Superman guy? Or no, did I just tell you about that? That's yeah, you told me about, about that, yeah. 
Okay. So I'll look forward to that in the future, planting that seed, yeah. that interview. Thank you. But these guys, I just read this book, I don't know, a few months ago, whenever it came out, and uh, they had something great where they basically said, it's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Because this whole conversation is tied to a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. If you think you need to have it all figured out already and something's wrong with you if you don't, that's a fixed mindset and you're screwed. And I had that. I lived with that forever. If you have a growth mindset, all you want to do is learn. You want to get a little better. And then you know that challenges are the only way you're going to grow. So these guys say that you need to redefine your relationship to your challenges such that into that feeling inside where you're like, oh man. I'm screwed. What am I doing? I'm an idiot. They say you need to embrace that. That becomes your, your north point on your compass. And rather than interpreting that as something's wrong with you, you look at that and you smile and you rub your hands and you jump in. That's the, the approach we want to take. And that's what I've been cultivating a ton over the last 18 months deliberately and kind of sort of over the last 15 years, you know? Okay. Well, I, you know, I think that's what, that's what originally got me into personal development is that I thought that there was this finish line. I thought that there was this place where I was going to be done. I went through one of the most difficult, well, it probably was the most difficult period of my life. And I was like, great, what do I need to learn so I never have to feel that way again? And <laughs> there was this myth or some panacea. And I, and I thought, like, if I get this right, I won't feel scared. I won't have problems with my relationships. I'll be free from, what it, what, from whatever makes me uncomfortable. I'll be exonerated. Um, but I, I think that I, for me, there were, it started out like I could, be, I could be smarter than my problems. I just need to know, know more information, and then I'd be safe and free. But boy, that was, that was really, really wrong. Um, and, and you're saying that, that we, could, we could approach personal development from that place, or whatever kind of development, but that's yep. going to be, that's where we're just screwed in that fixed mindset. Yeah. But we, if we look at it like, look, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something we can learn and benefit from. I can imagine that that voice that's in it's like, oh man, really? I got to deal with this yeah. again? Like, oh man, like yeah. I thought I was done with that. It seems like we get to let go of that some more. Oh, dude, I always love our chats because we make so many great distinctions and, and you just kind of drop something in for me where, you know, kind of Ken Wilber style, yes, no, yes, right? Just first time I'm thinking this through, so give me some space here. But yeah. let's, I'm going to bring it back to the tools as well, but it's kind of like you start at a level where it's like problems suck. Problems just suck. And something, I suck if I have problems, right? And I and still do that, by the way. I still, I, okay, <laughs> I'm raising my hand, okay? So, yeah. right. Well, and we all do. The question, yeah. is, the question is, can we tilt it such that the scales go the other way? So you never get to 100% perfect, but can you get to 51% better? You know what I mean? And 52, 53, 54, 55. And then there's just, it's, 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 it's extraordinary and there's some momentum, but it's never 100%. But it's, it moves from 90%, oh man, to 10%, oh man, you know, or mm. 20% or whatever it winds up in. But anyway, I think it, it goes from problems suck, you know, I hate them, to I want to have no problems in my life, you know, and that's kind of the, mm -hmm. the, the and it's better, frankly, than problems suck. At least we see a little bit of power, right? <laughs> right. Um, hey, there's something, there must be something I can do about this. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. which is huge in terms of a, yeah. moving the locus of control internally, et cetera. But then I think we realize what we're talking about now is that the real power exists where we use the first tool, bring it on. And we know that, that, that our infinite potential, as the tools guys say, exists on the other side of our comfort zone. And we often call that domain problems challenges, fear. And when we can re-identify it, where problems don't suck, problems are awesome. They're opportunities for us to grow. 
then there's something catalytic about that. And this is what you and I talked about offline. You know, my work with Steve Chandler has really informed me on of quit running away from that, run toward it. That's a sign you're growing. And that, that energy, I think, is where we want to play. And then, by definition, when you're outside of your comfort zone, it's uncomfortable. But we can reinterpret the discomfort as a sign that we're willing to grow rather than a sign that something's wrong with us. And that's huge. That is big. I, let's talk a little bit about that because that that's a really powerful distinction you, you said there about Chandler because I, I think about... I sometimes I actually was having a conversation with a client the other day, and, and he was in this place. He was doing the comparison thing, and he, he was starting to get into like how much. He was, basically his question was like, how much tolerance should I be able to have given where I am on this path? Like, shouldn't I be able to tolerate more? Like, and, and it was a weird question because it occurred to me that the, maybe the better question was how can I align my life so that there's just more flow? Like, in yep. that if there is something that's coming up against me. You know, or you know that I've got a challenge. It's one that I'm welcoming. It's one that that I see see the the opportunity instead of basically how much shit can I tolerate? Yeah, and yeah. because if I think if you dropped me out of a plane and into somebody else's life, and the guy had to get up at five in the morning and commute for two hours and deal with a bunch of crap all day and come home, I'd be miserable. I don't think that's the I wouldn't I wouldn't design I've designed my life so that's not where my energy is going. I, and I'm kind yeah. of riffing on here, but. It seems like some guys are, are trying to tolerate instead of create. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I mean, you said a ton there. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's to step all the way back. It's always, it always, always, always comes down to how we interpret things. And anytime we find ourselves either going into the victim orientation of I can't do anything about it, or which is really still the victim orientation, that dude's got it figured out. You know, and so right. he's the hero. Me. He's the hero. He's the right. hero. And, and yeah. God, if he had my life, he could never do that. Right. right. Well, that's just a different, it's the other side of the victim coin. Right. Um, so I think just stepping outside of that and saying, well, what do I want? What am I going to choose to create right now? And it may take me a decade to get there. I mean, I'm, I'm what, 15 years in here, you know, of, mm-hmm. of more than that, of just going at it. And, you know, I know that you've had Tim on your, on your, show and Ferris talking about, you know, mastery and all these things. You really need 10,000 hours. I happen to fall into the yes and category on that, but with a deep, deep, deep appreciation of 10,000 hours, anything you really, 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 really want to master for yourself, not to show off or to kind of show up in some, Hey, check me out. I want a championship, but you actually have attained a level of mastery you're proud of takes effort. And for me, that's what I've put in. And that's what I'm proud of. And that's what I teach is you can have anything you want. And we're talking right now about a state of being where you feel a level of joy and enthusiasm and self-mastery in your life if you're willing to put in the effort. And I think that's what people want the magic pill for. Of, yeah, yeah, well, that's nice, but I don't want to meditate. You know, that's a joke. Who meditates, you know? Dude, good luck. Like, if you, good luck controlling your mind. You don't need to meditate per se, but you need to do something that's going to train your consciousness and turn off the TV and get off the internet and take responsibility in a meaningful way. And being willing to put in that time and truly adopt the master's mentality, um, to me, is where it's at. And that's the biggest problem with the attitude of that guy's got it figured out, is that we think that Mozart, Carol Dweck, who writes on this stuff, and now I'm riffing, um, says, do you think Mozart was born a master? Do you think that's why he le- achieved his level of excellence? Or do you think it was because he worked so hard that his hands were mangled and deformed? Which one? And sure, he, he might've had some talent and he might've been blessed to be born to a guy who taught people how to, how to, uh, and kids how to do music, but he worked his ass off. 
And that's the, to me, that's the new man. The new man takes responsibility for that and is willing to do whatever it takes for however long it takes to achieve what they want. I feel like I've got to go back and listen to this interview already to be able to comment <laughs> on it because there's so much, there's some good stuff in here. But that's it. Like if I've got that growth mentality, then it, then I'm in that creative place. I'm not in that victim orientation. If I'm approaching this from that fixed perspective or that um, that victim mentality, it, it is going to be how much can I tolerate because I don't see the world as a place for me to create. It's stuff that's happening to me and I'm not happy. I'm looking for a way to escape this stuff that, that I don't like instead of create what I do like. I'm willing to go into that discomfort, whether it's taking up a meditation practice or learning how to communicate things with people that I disagree with or you yeah. know maybe have difficult conversations with the people I care about. So, it, but that's it, so that that's that shift there. How much can I tolerate? What do I got to do to get out of this? What do I what do I have to learn so that I don't I don't feel this stuff anymore? Instead of what do I want to create? What do I want to build? How do I take full responsibility for this? Um, the tools may look the same, but that that the whole underlying driver is what's going to determine whether we drive ourselves insane or not. Genius. How do I master it? How do I master myself and anything that's important to me in my life? To me, that's the. I mean, there, there's no greater or lesser mastery than mastery of oneself, Da Vinci said. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. And that's not easy. That's not a snap your fingers. That's no, a good luck no, with that. No, it, no. it took us decades to get where we are, and it's going to take us about that long to really get where we want to go. And this is old school dudes talk about this. Confucius, he's like, give me one person that's willing to work for three years at something without any rewards, and good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not going to. In our society, is is so much worse today. It's all get it quick, get it quick, get it quick, um, and it's all extrinsic as well. You put those two together, and and it takes something heroic for us to do what we're talking about right now. Okay, well, let's get a little rubber meets the road here because you you started this conversation earlier in a place where a challenge would come along. You had you had a set of challenges in your life, and you're like, okay. Let's talk about ending my life because I don't want to deal with this. And then I want to I want to bring it up to to date where you know some of the texts I got from you just yesterday about what's happening for you and, and where you're stepping into. So yeah, what, just quick overview: How are you approaching life at that time where it was uh, an option? You were considering the option of ending your life very differently. <laughs> to put it succinctly, basically take everything that uh, I'm doing now and do the opposite. Just flip it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this I wasn't in this dialogue. I, I had been exposed to a tiny bit of it, you know, and I knew enough to know that I could be doing more with my life, but I had none of the tools, none of the practices, none of the fundamentals that you and I talk about every time we get together uh, on these calls and otherwise. And um, a super sensitive, passionate personality, you know, where I knew I wanted more to, more from life than driving to and from work every day for X decades, doing something for somebody else, but had no clue. No, my, you know, I came from a blue collar background. My dad worked in a grocery store for 40 years, first generation college student, tapped out that kind of path and mentorship in many ways, although learned a ton from him on working hard and, and doing the right thing, but just didn't have any of the things that, that, uh, that I used to think, and that I think this goes back to the very first part of our conversation. Like people look at me and think that I just had it made, you know, and it just worked you out. You were born me. with something magic. You had, you had some kind, you were born with something we weren't born with. That's what you know, a lot of this stuff usually kind of boils down yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether that's, whether that's, you know, a lot of people think I was born with money or I came from prestige or background or, or when they recognize I didn't have that, maybe I had some other spark and whatever. And 
maybe, you know, in some blessing way that, that I would offer, we all have. If someone's listening to this show, we have the same spark, which is a desire to do something bigger with our lives than what we've been conditioned to believe is enough. Well, you wouldn't be this far into this interview and, and listening to your show. That's just period. Oh, I like that. And, you know, and, and so we're all equal in that regard. And then I'll, I'll compete with anybody on why well, there are people who can kick my butt in terms of disadvantaged backgrounds, you know, but we can check some boxes, alcoholic father, blue collar, you know, no money, you know, right. And so we can, we can trade notes on that. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, for me, the pain was just too big. You know, like yeah. I, I, thankfully I didn't follow through on some of the plans that I had, I had in my mind, which is, it's weird for me to think back to that time of when you get into that loop and anyone listening to that, this in that state, I get it constant loop. That's just all you're thinking about. You're maybe going through your day, but that's just, that's just what it is. Was, you know, it, a, was it a poor me or was it a, a, a kind of, I'm screwed. What was the kind of the overarching story there? You know, wow, that's a good question. I think there was a lot of pain. I think underneath the thoughts, and again, I wasn't even this far along to be able to even answer that question. It just sucked. It was a lot of shame, a lot of pain, a lot of what you're talking about, that it should be different. You know, arguing with reality that somehow something is just inherently deeply wrong with me. That was definitely present. Wow. That, you know, mm-hmm. that for, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. He, he died in a single car accident. And you know, his dad killed himself, was an alcoholic who killed himself. And had my dad lived longer, I would hope that he wouldn't have done that, yeah. but he wasn't doing well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know, you know, we share some, some stuff on that side and there's just, there's a lot of pain in my, in my life. And yeah. so there's a lot of that that was internalized. That something was wrong with me, you know, mm-hmm. literally that something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just going through and literally no tools, no sense and nobody to reach out to. And then I felt like I had this energy for life like a fire hydrant that was, that was two feet away from a glass wall that I could see through, but it was splashing me back right in the face, hmm. you know, kind of that blinding, burn your eyes. Oh my God, I can't figure it out. What am I going to do? And right. I had no sense of being able to figure it out. Uh, so that was some of the emotional state, um, you know, not just fine. having just having that creative energy backed up is, is incredibly frustrating. You know, it's just like not having a place to express ourselves and just, I don't know if I don't write or I'm not creating something, I just get into a shitty mood. So I can imagine what it's like having that fire hydrant and just not even know where to point it or whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is why I think a conversation like this is so important for, for us to be, and I get so much feedback when I teach, when I share stuff like this, people are like, Oh my God, thank you so much for sharing that. Like you get me, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who've, who've felt that and worse and gone even further, but that's a, I've been there, you know? And, and as you and I were talking about, like, to remove the myth around it. And if I can be there in over the last 15 years, build to where I am now, where I just don't have, it's very, 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 very difficult to have a really bad day when you've meditated every day for five years, when you exercise for, you know, three, four five times a week, when you do all the stuff that you and I talk about, and I can be an unpleasant guy for X minutes or hours, right. And right. overnight and whatever, but it just doesn't last. And I don't, it, it's, it's just, there's a different perspective. So I can be, so let me, let me, let me kind of also say that it's not perfect. You know, as, as I like to say, you don't get rid of the highs and lows, but the lows are not as low anymore. They're higher and the highs are actually even higher and they're more stable and they're even cooler because you know how to create them more consistently hmm. yet. There's still an oscillation. Uh, but it, when I look back in my arc over the last 20 years, 
and see the little, you know, it's like a stock ticker. It's not straight up, right? There's yeah. like, oh, boom, there, there's a little mini depression there. You know? Yeah. But yeah. it recovered. But the last 20 years, it's literally, if you look from far enough away, it's essentially 45 degree angle straight up, right? Yeah. But there's those little, you know, peaks and valleys in there. And that's what's exciting for me is wherever anyone is on that path, whether they're in the worst stage where I was in X years ago or where I was 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago, where I am now. And then I'm excited about, well, where am I going to be in five, 10, 25 years with another X decades of practice? And that's what's inspiring. You know, and I, that's why I was so excited about this type of conversation with you today, you know? Yeah. And, and, and God, there, there's just so much there. I really appreciate you opening up. This is the most you've really opened up here. Um, and cause I want to crush these myths. I want to crush this, anything that holds up this idea of a pedestal. And, um, because I think it's actually inspires I want, I want guys to listen to this and say, I can do that too. That's the whole point It's just, yep. if, if I bring somebody on here, I want that guy to listen to say, shit, I could do that. Like, okay, yep. now I don't have an excuse anymore. Now I can see what's the very next step. There's something you, you talked about in there. There's the fundamentals and what we're doing to strengthen ourselves so that we can bring the best version. But there's also a set of choices we make about what we bring into our lives. And a lot of the work that I do with guys is, is just challenging. Why would you choose to have XYZ in your life if it's weakening you? And I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Some of the things that you had to say, yeah, why, am I, why would I do this in my life? Why would I bring yep. this in? Why would I approach things this way if I really uh, want to have the best life I can have? Yeah. A long list of those things. Um, because I think exactly a lot it. of guys are expecting they can hold on to what they've got. If they're yeah. playing not to lose, yeah. then they're thinking, oh, I get to keep all of this or hold on to this. I won't have yeah. to have any change. I just want the good stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And then, and then uh, for me, it's very, 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 very practical. And I love you or you can do this. I mean, that's something that I have had, you know, in the depth, depths of despair, I didn't believe it. But even in then, it's never 100%. There's always the part of us that, that does know we can do it. And I've always had a certain level of audacity, and I would argue that anyone listening to this has that same sense of, I can do that. The new man, again, knows that. And what we need to do is move that from 1% knowing to 99.9% knowing. Or 99, you know, and just <laughs> yeah. live that way yeah. and, and cultivate that muscle. And then we need to get fierce about it. And there's a ruthlessness to it and a true masculine compassion for ourselves. We say, you know what? That's ridiculous that I do that absolutely ridiculous that I continue to do this, 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 and this. And if I'm serious about this, and, and you know that my level of seriousness has gone up another notch or 10, I'm turning 40 in a few days now. And it's like, okay, I'm 40 now. Like what else needs to be let go of? Do I really care what people think of me in terms of the scope of the vision I'm willing to play into? Cause I've known for a long time what I want to do. Am I still going to drive with the emergency brake on in, in, in my life? That's something that I continue to do. Or am I really going to let it rip? And I think that we need to do that and then take an inventory of what's working, what's not working. It's not complicated. Every single person on this call knows, list me five things you're doing that suck that you know are destroying you subtly or significantly. And then list five things or three things or whatever that you know you do when you're feeling the best, not complicated or that you want to start doing. And yeah. then just do it. Step into the new man and just do it. It's not, <laughs> it's not complicated. But we want to talk about archaeological digs and drama and, oh, yeah, but this person, it's like, okay, sure. But just, just go for that and give it X days and X months and X years and X decades, and you're bound to be successful, Cuenca style, right? Yeah. Well, I just love that. I mean, it's that willingness to experiment. It's that willingness to take some risks, you know, that, that safety mindset. 
is trying to get something for nothing, trying to get something without having to risk and without having to, to say no. And I think most of us, like you said, you're turning 40 and it's really about what can I let go of? It's, it's really not so much that what do I need to strive for? It really is going to be more of like, what, could, what's just, what, what am I doing that just doesn't serve me yep. anymore? And I think for the guy listening, he's probably, if he were to shift his focus to, to what he could let go of, he'd probably find the most uh, you know, the most power immediately in, in, in just letting go of, of behaviors, relationships, uh, habits, just crap that just holds us back. Um, I, I just, I've always loved just helping guys focus on that area and then watch them just, it's almost like they, they, they dropped 500 pounds and they were in a catapult and just went, they just got shot out just, and they didn't have to do anything necessarily yeah. differently. They just let go of a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk about, cause you know, you, you 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 just alluded to the fact that you're stepping into another layer here. You and I were talking recently, and you and you kept saying you've been tinkering. You've been tinkering with Entheos, your online optimal living academy, and now you're finally diving in. I always chuckled every time you said that because from the outside, it looks like it looks like you've been playing full out. You've got a team of amazing people on the payroll. You've got a business that's serving thousands and thousands of people. You're connected to hundreds of teachers and experts. But that was that was your version of tinkering. That's what tinkering was for you. So, what is what can you share about how you've been moving forward? I mean, I know you've been working with Steve Chandler, as you mentioned. What do you talk to him like twice a week, once a week? How often are you talking to Steve? Yeah, so um, super catalytic. You know, of um, we started working together eighteen months ago. I think we would do you know once a week. We maybe even once every other week. Then once a week, and then for the last X months, twice a week of just, just hammering it. And for me, really embracing the idea that if I'm serious about performing at a high level, which I like to say I am, you know. Uh, <laughs> You're getting there, Brian. You're getting I'm there. I'm getting there. I'm getting, getting there. there. You know, you know. We'll let you know. You'll be invited to the, to the secret <laughs> ceremony and be let in. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, hiring him as a coach was just extraordinary. And then you and I talked about kind of the wobbliness where when you when you're – for me, when I've been accelerating more and really stepping into it um, and, you know, shifting into, you know, fifth, sixth gear, whatever you want to call it. If I'm on ninth right now, from your perspective, that's fine. But, uh, you know, it, great performers have great coaches and really embracing that. And then his ability to, for me, to be vulnerable and to share, okay, this is what's going on. And these are the thoughts. I'm almost like embarrassed to say it out loud when I say it to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Well, you think you're the only one. That's the problem. You know, mm. <laughs> um, and then removing for me a certain amount of emotion from things and overthinking things. And then we talked about, we've talked about it a lot in this call, but just to say it out loud too, Anti-Fragile, the book by Nassim Taleb, which I just sent to you, yeah. um, was my first homework assignment with Steve Chandler, Anti-Fragile. And uh, his whole idea was to remove the fragility from my overall systems and particularly from my wealth systems. And to, to quickly give the, the hopefully 60-second overview of that entire book, anti-fragile. We know what fragile means. We know what resilient means. But no one's ever used the phrase anti-fragile. Imagine you are a package being shipped in the mail. If you're fragile, you have fragile taped all over you. Handle with care. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to break if I get handled roughly. Right. If, if you're resilient and you're shipped in the mail – you get stickers on you saying resilient, which means, you know, you can, you can knock me around. I'm tough mm. to a point, mm -hmm. right? And then I'm going to break down. If you're anti-fragile, which is the opposite of fragile, you actually have stickers on you that say, kick me around. The harder you handle me, 
the stronger I get. Not only, not only do I not break fragile, nor do I, nor can I handle it resilient. I actually get stronger with challenges. Mm. And so his whole work with me was to reinterpret the whole game where, and make it a game very importantly, yeah. and realize that all of these edges I'm pushing are absolutely unquestionably making me stronger each step of the way. And that's really enabled me to kind of let go of some of the, the, low mood thoughts he calls it and the emotion that gets in the way between vision of I'm going to do this, you know, whether it's sending an email to someone or making a phone call or going for a big business goal. And then, you know, you're feeling it. It's, it's grounded. It's inspired. It's, it's meaningful. And then when you go to do it, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But wait, uh, what's he going to think? And, but that's a little bold, you know, and his whole thing was, he, this is actually my favorite thing with him. And I'm saying a lot right now, so I'll shut up in a second, but keep going he brought a robot into my life and he's like, you know, I used to have those same thoughts in between clarity and action. And then I decided I'd make myself a robot. And then my robot is, is the highest version of myself. And it has every single great quality about me, except my emotion and my attachment and my negative thoughts and self doubt. And I just love my robot. So I just, I've been playing this game where it's robot. Like if I ever feel myself, you know, like excited, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. Then I I basically command the robot. Robot, take over. (laughs) (laughs) The robot just crushes it. So uh, those are some of the things that I've learned. Uh, We can go any number of directions there. Well, just even I can imagine just that little bit about what it's like. Well, you know, because... Because we know you as the guy that's, that's been helping, you know, translate what's so valuable in these books that you've been studying for years, and now you've really dive into the, into the uh, coaching process. What's it been like to be coached versus being kind of your own <clears throat> teacher slash student, you know, combination? It's awesome. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the it's, it's hard to describe. I mean, it's, it's, you can't see your own swing, A. And mm. B, to be working with someone, I just love Steve for so many reasons. You know, he was an alcoholic just addicted to whatever and pulled himself up. And, and, um, just, I have a huge amount of, of personal affinity to that given my own personal history and just admiration for him. And he's just been there, done that, you know, and I really mm-hmm. respect him intellectually, philosophically. And then his style is literally the opposite of me of just super, super just grounded, funny, but dry, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and, uh, his mentorship has just been great. And to have that vulnerability, um, and the willingness to step into it has been great. And then for me too, like, uh, it becomes the little things, you know, at this stage, you know, you're hitting a golf ball, like very, very fraction of a degree off. You're not on, you know, and, and owning that and then wanting to play very, very well, um, and being willing to do the work and, um, invest the energy and resources to uh, get the support to do that, you know? And now you're stepping it up even further. You're going to work with Chandler's coach, um, it's a very, very high level of financial and energy commitment. I know you'll be, uh, you know, diving in there. Uh, this is more than most people even make a year just to work with this guy. Um, what's the attraction there? It, it, you know, if, if I can imagine just that, that, that just working with Chandler would be kind of the pinnacle for, 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 for many people, but now you, you've got an eye on what's possible beyond that. What do you see beyond that? Well, I think it's, it's, you know, you and I have talked about Abraham Maslow and, and that highest need to self-actualize. And, and my favorite quote is what one can be, one must be. 
And so for me, it's just kind of a natural evolution of Steve really was extraordinary to take me from where I was 18 months ago to where I am now. And I wouldn't be here without his support. And then it's, you know, for anyone who's interacted with Hardison or or done anything with him, like um, I spent four hours with him and he's just nuts, literally in the best possible way. (laughs) 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 Like like I'm pretty intense, right? So I come across pretty intensely. I, I imagine, and I kind of can, can, uh, you know, be rather intense in that fire hydrant of energy. I imagine Hardison is like me squared, you know, of just, he just so fiercely holds your potential and how you're here to serve the world and, and combines that with a clarity on what's not working with the tools to help you work that and just a fierce commitment to your ultimate potential that I've never experienced before. And, um, and then not as a human being, not just as a creator or an entrepreneur or whatever, but as a human being, you know, and that, that, that idea of having support at that level to, uh, actualize what, what greater opportunity, what greater gift, and and then feel blessed to have the resources and support, um, to go invest in that. And then it's not about me. That's the other thing that's shifted a lot in the last 18 months. I've always had a, a good heart, you know, um, but it's, it's just really been translated into Steve Chandler is just, it's all about profound service. You know, and he likes to say, who are you going to leave out? You know, when you're playing this small game and you're doing this and this, like, who are you going to leave out? That, that person or that person? And I have goosebumps as I say that. And just how do we serve profoundly? And, and just, just do good work that we're proud of and have fun. It's not that big of a deal. But play the game and play it well and play it at a high level and just let it rip, you know? Mm. I, you know, there's something about the way, you know, what you're saying. It, I think it really drives home this... Um, this embodiment of this mindset. If I'm if I'm only involved in this process to escape and to get away and to basically try to minimize my life in some way, um, then it, then it, then there's always going to be this. You know, I w- I'm looking for the for it to be done. Right, I want to be done and, and be out of this. But as you talk about your experience with Chandler and you talk about just even your you know as you start your experience with uh, Hardison. It, it, it reminds me of like, oh yeah, I want to work with this coach and then I'd love to work with that coach too. I'd love to see what's possible if I, if I try this. It's just this, what's possible? It's this, what do I want to experience in this lifetime? Who knows how many days I got left? Like I want to, I want to experience so much. I, I wonder, let's talk about the flip side of this. I mean, is there a shadow side to this? Can, the, can the, this focus on growth get out of hand? Because some, sometimes I see this in guys that come to me and it's, if it's rooted in low self-esteem that they're never enough. It doesn't matter how much money or how big the company is or how many people they help. It's just, uh, it's, it just feels toxic. Um, so yeah, I wanted, I wanted to just kind of explore that because I think we have to watch out for that. I, I notice when I coach guys that I'm not inspired to help them just create something, you know, and the vision may be big or the goal may be big, but I really, if it's not really about helping them feel this actualization, this fulfillment, this happiness, then I don't want to be a part of it. I don't, I don't yep. care. So, um, yeah, uh-huh. you, you know, where do you, where do you come in here? How, how can you describe that? Yeah. Well, I think there's a few different lenses we can take on it. Um, Maslow comes to mind with this idea of self-actualizing and then the peak. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, moving up from more basic fundamental needs to the need to actualize, but that's not the end for him. The, the point beyond that is to, is to transcend yourself. And then Nathaniel Brandon and a Wilbur would say, well, you can't transcend yourself unless you've really embodied yourself. You can't let go of something you never had hold of, right? Mm. So it's very important to have a strong ego and to have a strong sense of self in order to move beyond your sense of self and kind of capitalize it, right? In a mm-hmm. capitalist. 
bigger self. But I think it's similar to that, that little yes, no, yes thing we did with problems suck, you know, oh, I don't want to have any problems to, you know what, problems are awesome. Um, and they help catalyze me to maybe it's I suck and I constantly need to grow and I constantly need to grow because I suck. Maslow would call that a deficiency need. You're not good enough. So you need to go take care of that, right? Mm -hmm. Then we get to a point where you can get stuck at I'm fine. And anyone who's looking to grow all the time has got some insecurity issue. And if they just got over themselves and realize they're okay, they can settle down and take a chill pill or whatever that cynical story would be, right? Mm -hmm. There's some truth to that, right? But then I think you move beyond it and you're like, well, okay, yeah, I am fine. Life's great. I no longer have that, that desire to go figure out how to tie a noose. Right, right. That would be a healthy. That'd, that'd be a, that'd be a healthy progression in our evolution. I'm fine, but then there's something within ourselves that Maslow and these great teachers that I love tell us that yeah, but but there's nothing more powerful than that that need Maslow says to actualize and to become that which you're destined to become in service to the world and in joy, not as a constant manic rat race and hamster wheel deal, but as a joy. And as Osho says, your being is in your becoming. There's something so beautiful about that. The truly integrated yes and. It's not either or. It's not being okay or becoming constantly. Your being is in your becoming. Where we're celebrating where we're at while we're reaching for more and, and, and really just allowing that, with, that which is within us to come out more powerfully. And I think that's the, I suck, I'm fine too. Wow, what can I do with my life? Would I really allow and Theos, God within to flow through me, what does that life look like? When I get out of my own way and I honor my practices that keep me plugged in, what would that look like? Oh my God. And I have goosebumps as I say that. That's the game, I think. Um, and then it really, in a weird way for me, and I'm not there, but I have glimpses of it. Then you really realize this whole, it has nothing to do with us. Like, mm. you know, yeah. like just let's be great dads and let's be great friends and let's be great entrepreneurs or creators or artists or whatever it is we do and laugh at the whole thing. Cause it really isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yet simultaneously it is. And to hold both of that is, um, I think the real creative opportunity, right? It is hard. To, it, it's hard to imagine that it's going to be a stretch, you know, to even imagine that. I, I remember, you know, playing with these ideas years ago of, of, you know, how do I take it so seriously without taking it so seriously? Like, you know, it's just like, how do I play completely full out in life, but not be attached? Um, you know, these are really high level, tough concepts and they're really hard when you're in the foxhole and, and shit's raining down on you. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it is that place of, I just want to help that guy come back down to, you know, what do you want to yeah. create? What do you want to create in this life? Not from a place of how do I prove I have enough or how do I prove that I'm, I'm a man or I'm an alpha or whatever kind of bullshit thing of the week it is, but just come back down to what do I want to create? What do I want to experience uh, in this life? Because you're right, it is. it doesn't really matter. At the end, we're all going to be, you know, kind of it's going to be pretty over. So uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be moving on pretty soon before we know it. So um, man, thanks so much for, for sharing some of this. I, I, you know, this, this could be one of 10 of these conversations, but, uh, this feels like a good place to, to wrap up. What, um, let's see, what, what's the best place that we can send the guy? So if, if he just happens to be new to you, what's the best place that we can, we can send him? You know, my first thought is our other chats. I've gotten so much amazing feedback and I've met, I've met so many great people from our conversations. The one we did on meditation, I don't remember what we called the other ones. Um, but you know, over the years, we've just had such cool chats that you've helped me 
not only articulate things in a way that I just haven't done before or in this context, um, but then express it in a way that just feels best. So I just always love our chats. And that's frankly, in my mind, you know, probably the best way. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, thank you. That, that, man. That yeah, was, thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's good stuff, dude. Uh, and then, you know, practically speaking in theos.com, E N T H E O S.com. That's, that's, uh, the biz and I'm um, kind of connected everywhere throughout that. And then in theos.com slash Brian is where I do, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I'm not on Twitter. We're building our own platform that is a social platform all about these conversations. So I'm at in theos.com slash Brian. I'm, I'm probably the most active person on our entire network. And that's where I spend a ton of time and, and just love connecting with um, people interested in this type of conversation. Awesome. Awesome, my man. I got, I'm probably going to go back and listen to this right now and, and try and digest. There was so much good stuff in this, and it, and it flew yeah. by for me. It was, a, it was a challenge for me to try and grab all the great stuff as it flew by. So this will be ready for multiple listens. Brian Johnson, Entheos.com. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much, man. Love you too, man. Great work. Talk soon. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.